afternoon with Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports, ready to get things underway with podcast number 39. Coming up, Tigers training camp thoughts, and should the Pistons play in the little bubble in Chicago? I'll tell you what I think. But right now, let's bring in a member of the media that was covering a live event here in Detroit this weekend, and that is Larry Lage from the Associated Press. Larry, how are you? I'm great. And, uh, you know, quick uh, um, sidebar, podcast number 39, congratulations. And uh, being a sports person like we are, when I think of 39, somehow I think of Leonard Thompson. Who do you think of when you hear 39? Well, Leonard Thompson, along with Freddie Scott on the other side, were two of my first favorite Lions, Dexter Bussey. I like Tom- I like Freddie Scott because my middle name was Scott, but Thompson, he had that like lower bar on his face mask and he was one of my favorite lions. So I think I would go with, uh, I think I would go with Leonard Thompson myself as a lion. All right. So yes, uh, there was about 40 media, uh, people credentialed with access to the media center last year. They had more than 600. It was, uh, definitely a different rocket mortgage classic for sure. Uh, my first sporting event since, Michigan State beat Ohio State March 8th, and Winston kissed the S, and Chris Holtman was mad and called me on the way home, but we can talk about that another time. Well, we could talk about that anytime. Uh, that has been a while here, but it's been a while then that we've had a, a, even a chance at some live sports. So uh, it was in Detroit, Michigan, at the uh, Detroit Golf Course, the uh, RMC, or the Rocket Mortgage Classic. What was it? Like just uh, getting back up on the horse, covering a live event. Uh, some butterflies there, anything? Well, you know, I'll uh, I'll admit something here. Um, I made a mistake on my first story. I didn't put my byline on it. <laughs> Literally, when I set when I set my story in, I uh, I did everything but put my my name on my story. Kind of like you know, you don't get credit for turning in a paper without your name at the top, kid. No. But. Uh, Thankfully, one of my editors caught it and added my name to the story. And, of course, some of uh, our customers don't use my name, but that's okay as long as they spell my name on the check. Well, I found out a couple things this week. One is that, you know, I I tuned in. I was going to watch early to take the whole thing in. I watched a little bit yesterday, but I I get to the Golf Channel, and it says I don't have it. I'm like, well, that sucks. I didn't know that. And then, you know, you find out, you know, it's 10 bucks if you want to you know, upgrade to get that. I do watch a lot of golf or I have in the past, but I haven't this year. So I found that out. But, uh, I also, I, I saw that, you know, you had uh, your, your diary linked up in your bio on Instagram and, and uh, I liked that. It was, it was good. It was a good read from, from yesterday. And you did a good job going around the course and walking around and trying to get the feel there. It was, uh, it was smoking hot. Like last year, but uh, how many miles do you think you put in over the four days? Uh, I would say I averaged, um, I, I probably averaged around five, uh, three to five each day. Um, I try to get out on the course for at least uh, nine holes a day. It's easier to do that on, uh, or do more than that on Thursday and Friday when the action's wide open uh, and you're just kind of guessing who's going to be the story, or at least that's what I do. It comes into focus a little bit more on the weekend. Uh, there's less players, obviously, after the cut. And uh, so I usually walk nine and then go into the press tent or media center in air conditioning, watch on TV because I got to file a deadline uh, quickly after it happens. But uh, uh, the one thing that will come out of this pandemic that's good for me is 
I've become like an old man daily morning walker, Dennis. Um, and so this was right in my wheelhouse today. But it was uh, it was good to see a, a sporting event in, uh, in person again, to see some of my colleagues, you know. Um, we take for granted um, seeing our friends and perhaps foes in the business uh, on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, I mean, I haven't seen you in four months, and I'm not better for it. Yeah, I think the last time I saw you at a hockey game there, maybe early March, right? Yeah, uh, Michigan, Michigan State right. uh, at, at Yost. Snuck uh, my son up in the press box to see my old fraternity brother, Rob Woodward, the uh, play-by-play or the color voice of the Spartans. And, uh, uh, that's, you know, it's, uh, time flies for sure. Yeah, it's been a while. So with that time out on the course, did you see Bryson DeChambeau hit his driver? Yes, I did. Uh, up close and uh, about as personal as you could get professionally. Um, usually, uh, as I wrote in my diary, uh, when you're in the media, you have to check in with the PGA Tour and get an armband to be inside the ropes to kind of navigate the crowd and do your job and, and get a good vantage point. Um, but with no fans, uh, we were asked to stay outside the ropes. Uh, but that was pretty much it. Um, and I could get behind Bryson. Uh, where he was at the tee box most times. And, you know, that's the best place to watch a drive. And um, I've never seen anything like it. Um, looks like he could play linebacker for the Lions. He looks like he's about to swing out of his shoes every time. Um, it almost looks like a cartoon how top-heavy he is. He's uh, put on 40 pounds. Uh, he's about 6'1", 240. Um, and uh, obviously pretty good, too, because uh, you don't do 23 by just being a long ball hitter. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you know, Kisner's a good story. He's a good quote. I, I watched him uh, afterwards being interviewed, and, you know, he had success here last year. And, you know, the kid was just 21. If he would have won it, that would have been the first time since, I think, Tiger back in uh, 95 or 96, you know, uh, for a 21-year-old to to win it if Matt Wolf would have, who was the the leader after three rounds. But let's be honest, man, uh, DeChambeau is a story. All of those things that you mentioned there, and you know, you know, for me, he he was a guy that um, I I took notice of him. I don't know if it was, I think it was last year because they they made it an option whether you could keep the pin in or not, and you know he's. He's a guy that you know, may not not just really good in golf, but also you know, a physics guy, and he's a, he's a scientist. That's his nickname. And you know, you start having him talk about his game and and why he's leaving the pin in. Uh, you know, he he he's got a different approach out there. Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting that you bring that up because it was one of the observations I made walking with him, where he did have his caddy leave the pin in. Sometimes, sometimes he pulled it out. So what's his explanation for that? Well, I read it, something centrifugal force and everything else he was talking about. He would pull them at uh, majors with something, if it's a fiberglass pin. I don't know. The one time he did look like he banged it pretty good there and helped him out. I don't know. Like uh, it was off the the glass, (laughs) off the glass. Yeah. Fiberglass, you know, so there you go. But you know, the putting on 40 drinking protein shakes and the 350 plus drives, I don't know, 375. I mean, that's, you know, that's like, um, you know, you, you see there's been a couple times, like just like some special, like the long drivers, those guys are just out there, like, like just mashing it. 
And he really is mashing it, and he's all, and, and he the way that he holds it. You're talking about, I think it's appropriate, exact actually. The, he's swinging out of his shoes. That I don't know how long he can keep that up at 26 years old, but it really is something. When when you when you bang the ball that far, I mean that's going to get you the oohs and ahs. But uh, you know, best driving distance of the week, and then and then also the best putter. That's a, you know what, Larry, I'm going to go ahead. That is a very good combination in golf. Yeah, that's what you're looking for, uh, for sure. And, you know, having him win is, uh, I think, good for uh, the Rocket Mortgage Classic uh, when it does come back next year with fans because, you know, the defending champion usually comes back. And I have a feeling this guy's just going to become a bigger and bigger name in, in golf. And, uh, you know, that I think will be good for Detroit because in the first three tournaments that the PGA Tour had after its restart, the top five players in the world played in each of those events in Detroit, the fourth event since the restart, none of the top five showed up. Um, so uh, that's not good uh, for your field, uh, but to have a big name like him win uh, and presumably come back next year, uh, that's certainly uh, good for the rocket mortgage classic and the Detroit golf club and, and golf fans in the state of Michigan that, uh, like watching golf in person because there's really nothing like it. I mean, I think there are some sports that translate well to TV and there's some uh, that you can't quite duplicate the in-person experience and you really can't get a feel for how good these guys are until you see it in person. I would liken it to the speed of uh, NHL players uh, skating and shooting. It, the, the TV does not do it justice. Uh, when you get at an NHL game and you see how fast those guys are, are moving around and those shots are flying, um, it's different. It, it is. And, you know, they, they cover so much ground. You watch it on TV. If you have ever gone to an event, you know, you, you pick your spot. I mean, you can walk around, but a lot of times, and you do that one of the days, but and it's a marathon. Uh, you have to brave the elements. You're you're sitting out there, and a lot of times you're just sitting in a spot, and you do get an appreciation of just how good you, you're. Just watching the different groups come through. I guess today you just watch them, you know, one at a time with with how it's working there. But when you got um, you, you got Faldo and Nance, you know, taking you through the you know the paces and every shot, and then let's go over to sixteen and seventeen. You you really do. It's it's. It's completely different, you know, from from sitting there. Even if you go there and you're covering it in the media, you know, I, I was sitting in that air conditioned tent last year, watching it on the big screen TV, and they, you know, they had the buffet just across the way, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty nice. But then I get out there on that 90 degree heat for an hour or two, it was way different. Yeah, just leave that to me to go out there and get the anecdote that you can steal later. You don't need to yeah. go get that stuff yourself. No, no, no. That worked out pretty good. Uh, and, and for this one, I didn't know that there was a protest at what towards the end. But but yesterday we had uh, Wolf, the youngster, Matthew Wolf, who uh, had the, the three round lead. You know, he was talking about uh, hearing the the sounds of the ice cream truck that, that calmed him yep. down. And 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 today at one point. It was on the back nine. I'm sitting there. I, I could see a lawnmower in the distance, and I could hear it. I mean, like, uh, ice cream truck, lawnmower, protest. Uh, here we are, 2020, man. Yeah, um, yeah, I think the lead of my diary was uh, birds, generators, golf carts. That's what you would hear other than the sound of the ball 
being struck by the club. And, it, you know, those are sounds that you don't necessarily uh, equate. You know, there was, there was no roar of the crowd or ooh or ah or sighs, you know, for a bogey or, um, you know, it's uh, amazing um, to think what different fans make in sports. I mean, we haven't ever uh, experienced quite like what we have so far in golf um, and, and I guess in other major sports coming up, um, fans bring so much to the experience um, that I think we've taken it for granted um, and we're going to find out on some level uh, how much they do bring to the table because while everyone's hoping that the games can begin again and, and people can have sports as a diversion, even if they're not able to watch it in person, it's going to be a different experience if we're watching these sports with no fans, whether it's Major League Baseball or the NBA or the NHL or in the fall, uh, if we have football, uh, what that's going to be like. Um, I mean, think about the spring games we've covered at Michigan where there's maybe 30,000 people in the crowd and, and it definitely has a different feel. Um, you know, what if that's zero? Um, it'll be eerie. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. I don't think anyone knows. Um, but, uh, you know, stay tuned, as they say, and stay safe. Well, you could hear the fans on 12, those people in their backyard. They had a pretty nice setup. They were pretty close to the tee box. And to your point about the uh, the crowd, you know, DeChambeau, I guess it was um, 14, he put one in the rocks there, and, and the group behind him uh, was Wolf, the leader. And, and, and Faldo made the point that without the fans, you know, normally you would hear the crowd, ooh, you know, or, you know, the right. oohs and ahs. And uh, you you couldn't hear Dottie Pepper was like, no, they're in a little swale. So he would not see that he was, you know, hitting from the drop zone there. And so, you know, they were all like, okay, yeah, this is the part that, that really plays into it with the fans. Like you're in the back nine. Of course it was a major, you know, everything would uh, intensify there, but you know, this is Sunday in a back nine trying to win a PGA tour event. And you know, that part with the fans that does ratchet everything up a little bit. And you just, of course you didn't have that, you know, nothing you can do about it. Right. And I would say um, in most cases, there was no more than five or six people following any group. And that includes the media walking scores, uh, rules, officials, um, you know, TV personnel, um, really uh, a surreal scene um, in many ways. Um, you know, played out. Uh, but I was fired up. You know, I was uh, excited to get out of the house and cover some sports. Had to wear my mask when I went into the press room uh, when I was seated at my workstation, which I had my own personal little table, as did everybody. Uh, you were allowed to take the mask. But then if you went up to get something to eat or drink or ask me a question, you were asked to put your mask back on. Um, out on the course, you didn't have to wear it. Um, I didn't. Um, some people did, um, you know, some caddies wore them when they were close talking to their, um, you know, their, their, their player, uh, their, you know, their pro. Um, so, you know, it's just all a really odd time, uh, without a doubt. And, uh, I'll be curious to see what my next experience is like in about, uh, 14 hours when I'm at Comerica for a workout.
after mm. uh, a garden hire Zoom. So that'll be my first foray into uh, the new look Tigers and uh, spring training 2.0, uh, filling in for my coworker Noah Trister, who's going on uh, vacation. So uh, I'm on the Tiger beat this week, and uh, you know uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that shakes out. Yeah, I like Trister, and I got a question that I want you to uh, present to Garden Hire. I'll give you that in a minute. I, I got a couple more things here on the on the golf, and you know, with with, with Shambeau, uh Bryson DeChambeau, You know, you mentioned he uh, he might come back if you know with the defending champ. He he came in as the world uh, number ten player, and he'll move up probably like to seven. But how do you put on forty pounds in that limited amount of time? I know the protein shakes. I mean, that's one thing. And the other thing, Larry, was yesterday. I and mean, if there's one sport, it really is the only sport where being a gentleman is part of the game. You call penalties on yourself, and uh, look, we know that the guys will swear. I mean, Tiger, and there's a lot of people that uh, didn't like that part about Tiger with him. You know, you know, swearing on camera throwing your club and you know yesterday at seven I don't know if he if he threw his club or muttered an expletive maybe both he's 26 years old but there was a a cameraman there and he took issue with him and whatever he did uh, afterward he talked about protecting his image and his brand I don't think that's going to sit well with a lot of people there and then you know afterwards you know it's like uh, all right he, you know, he was uh, certainly happy to hoist up the, the trophy and everything else. But, you know, the the one part there, he's like, I just uh, hope people appreciate how much work I'm, you know, putting in here. I was like, hey, he seems like he's got a little work to do, you know, with uh, on the PR side. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think he's got to get used to having all eyes on him, uh, to borrow a, a line from the late, great Tupac. Um, and, yes. Uh, and he tried to he tried to backtrack today and say, "Hey, you know, everybody's got a job to do." But then he said, "But the guy was like on me for a minute," uh, which tells you, if, you know, it's kind of like when you apologize with a condition or a clause, you're not really apologizing. So, uh, without a doubt, he needs to get used to it. Um, I think all the people uh, credentialed media uh, are doing their job in a professional manner, um, and you know, he's just got to get used to it um and now more than ever uh tv cameramen and women uh are giving fans uh, a look at sports that they can't see with their own eyes with a purchase ticket so um you know he's got to get used to it um and i i think he is becoming one of the bigger names in golf uh, kind of a fun story um almost a cartoon-like body uh, unbelievable swing, you know, and he wants to change the game. He, he thinks that he can start a trend that might take a generation where strength and length and power is more important than precision to accuracy. You know, up and up position to score. Uh, he's trying to change the game. And, you know, there were times that, uh, he was so long and so far wide, but he still rallied out of it. Um, one such situation, I was I was following him, and he teed off. He went way left, landed on the green side bunker on the hole next to him to the left, and uh, pulls out a club and shoots it over these towering trees, and he's on the apron of the green. And I was like, wow, 
that was like watching Tiger Woods rally out of something when I used to cover him and Graham Blank. Um, you know, he's a he's an exceptional talent. Uh, all eyes are going to be on him. He's got to get used to it. You know, and um, you know, people are going to be asking him a lot of questions. And you know, uh, I was the uh, reporter who made the observation about the Black Lives Matter protest appearing to bother him because he had to reset on the seventh green. And I asked him about it um, and he rallied to answer the question. And I think a way that people uh, would expect him to, but uh, he didn't start off that way. And he kind of backed into what, you know, you would uh, think he would say, he kind of said, yeah, it was like when you're uh, at a high school game shooting a free throw and you hear the crowd, you know, you got to focus or whatever. And, mm. uh, but then he kind of, you know, rallied and said, there's a lot going on. Those people have a right to, to protest that and whatnot. Um, so, uh, yeah, he needs some work, uh, on, uh, his PR and image. Um, and you know, he's, he's, he is kind of, uh, you know, uh, a polarizing figure right now. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see how it shakes out, but he's got the game to go with the story because, uh, if you're just a cute story, you fade away. But, you know, this guy's been in the top eight now, seven straight tournaments. That's not a fluke. No, and he's knocking on the door of being a top five world-ranked player here. And, and guess what? In two weeks when he's at Murrayfield uh, in Dublin, uh, all the eyes are going to be on him. And if he keeps hitting at 350-plus, that just means more cameras. And uh, they are going to have fans down there at Dublin. How many fans are going to be there? I don't know. They They said they were going to. But, you know, guess what? Uh, if you're somebody that knows um, DeChambeau, you're going to tell him, uh, look, expect the crowd to be saying something about uh, the cameraman and uh, throwing your, your club or, or whatever else. You're going to hear some of those cat calls. Uh, and, and that's what you want because when you're top five, uh, just think, you know, and I, it's not like he's never won anything. Like he's one of what I think five guys to win the NCAA and the amateur in the same year like five, six years ago. So this guy, and he's he's trying all these different things, the put down the weight and then bombing the ball like that. And you're right, man, polarizing Tiger, Patrick Reed, and now uh, DeChambeau. Like, um, I think he's grabbed it from Patrick Reed here about uh, the polarizing nature here that when you're talking about protecting your image and your brand. That heat's only going to intensify. And Patrick Reed actually didn't make the cut. He was one of the uh, the few high-ranked players that uh, chose to come to Detroit. And uh, he didn't make it along with uh, defending champion Nate Lashley, who bogeyed uh, his last hole on Friday. Uh, kind of a bummer for him and his feel-good story. Yeah, so Larry, wrapping it up there, you know, I remember last year when I went down there, you know, I used to go to the, the state fair with my with my parents back when I was really young. And that's where they, uh, they had me park last year. And, you know, I got on one of the shuttles and I got, it was a bus. And then they, you know, just drove, drove me out of the, you know, the state fair by some prestigious uh, cemeteries there. And, and it was a packed crowd and got in there and went through that. Uh, you finish up your story. You just walk out, jump in your car and you're out of there. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you know, I parked the same place, uh, last year, just right outside, uh, right outside the gates there, uh, along that main road, Hamilton, I guess it is, or that Pontchartrain. train, but yeah, pretty, uh, pretty decent parking situation for, for me, thankfully. And, uh, you know, I'm not afraid to walk, but, uh, you know, 
no, you're not. Pretty solid setup. No, you're not afraid. Nope. You're not. You've been walking in the morning. Well, uh, it, I want to take you to the the fireworks, which were uh, yesterday, not at night, but during the day at Comerica, with uh, number seventy three, Spencer Torkelson, eight to nine bombs. That's what I saw Anthony Fennick write in the free press, and you know the. Number one overall pick down there the first time. You know, Al Avila with his mask on right behind there on the cage. And the kid, you know, flashes the power there. I, it's exciting. That's what, you know, what does it mean? Just means that, hey, it, it was a nice little first start for him. Uh, but exciting nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other thing I think should be exciting for Tiger fans is the physical shape that Miguel Cabrera appears to be in uh he put a picture, I think, on Instagram with him hitting the ball, and his arms were just rippled and ripped. Um, and, you know, uh, being in top physical condition is something he can control uh, because, you know, if he can stay healthy, um, you know, there's no question he can hit the ball. I don't know if he'll ever get his power back, uh, but if you can get, you know, a nice 320 average out of him, uh, I think you'd take that all day. Um, Still one of the game's all-time great hitters. Um, and it would be nice to see him uh, get healthy and, and see what he can do uh, for this team in the in the short season. Yeah, I thought that was really big. I mean, if he came back and was looking like Pablo Sandoval, that was going to be, a, of course, a really bad sign. But the thing with uh, Cabrera, you know, he worked all off season. Then you saw him at the original spring training, and he looked really good. But you know how that is, or, you know, people – you know, you, you, you do know, you, you hear how that is. If you don't know with your own personal experiences that, you know, you can drop a bunch of weight, but keeping it off is uh, as difficult as losing it. And then having the three months and the pandemic, I was a little bit worried, like, yeah, Cabrera looked really good in spring training, but now 2.0 or, or summer training coming back. If he didn't look so hot, you know, that would have been a concern, but no, I agree. He looked great. And so did, uh, so did Fulmer. Yeah, and, you know, I, uh, not that I'm going to be, uh, in any kind of swimsuit count or anything, but I've actually, <laughs> I've actually kept my weight off, um, that you saw me last with for the entire pandemic. I have been hovering around 200 pounds for like four straight months for the first time in my life. Uh, played football for Chuck Lorai at Ann Arbor Pioneer at 185, and I'm 10 pounds from that and trying to get to my playing weight, but, it is hard to keep it off. It's it's not as hard to lose it with a cleanse or some kind of fad diet, but you know, can you keep it off uh, unless you're just blessed with the uh, the genes where you can eat whatever and you don't have to work out and uh, you know you uh, you're fit and trim. But um, you know, and I never really understand how professional athletes making millions of dollars can't get that part figured out. Um, like that's your job, right? Um, the rest of us have more excuses, but, um, you know, good for Miguel Cabrera, good for the Tigers and, and good for the, the fans that have, uh, watched some really bad baseball in recent years after a really, uh, good run, uh, after a bad run. So, um, you know, it's a cyclical game, um, for Tiger fans, uh, it would be nice if, uh, the season, uh, was, was fun, uh, for a change because it's been pretty brutal in, uh, recent years. Yeah, you're right. I hope they get closer to 30 wins than the projected 21, or at least the the 
you know, the future line that was put out by Las Vegas, uh, no, that would keep me at least uh, engaged for the, the short 60 games. You know, if I could climb inside Miguel Cabrera's head, I think he would say, you know what, Larry, I, I hit all of these home runs. I'm a, I'm a sure thing Hall of Famer. I got my uh, – I got a contract where – uh, at the end is going to make me the highest paid player in baseball history. Maybe he's been eclipsed uh, you know, over the last year or two, but it was like that for the longest time. And uh, until, you know, he started to get injured, everything was just going fine with the way he was eating. So I think he could, he could probably tell you that. You know, like, uh, I, it's, it's been working for me, whatever I was doing. But I, I do think that when you, you have those setbacks and you have the, you have the injuries like that, and when he does talk to whatever the doctors or whoever else, the trainers, and they're saying, look, you know, what will help you is, you know, dropping 20, 30, 40, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, it's good. It's good that he's uh, at least taking that step. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so here's the question for uh, a garden hire for you, and I'll, I'll reference uh, again the uh, the writer from the the free press who you know was was watching Torkelson hit the eight or nine out it was Anthony Fennick in, in his story he said that there was zero chance that the Tigers would promote Torkelson this year now I know they have a a sixty man roster on the taxi squad you know they're they're going to have thirty and then it goes down to twenty eight and I think it's even going to go down to twenty six. I, I don't know. Do you think there's some ambiguity there? Like the zero chance that he's going to make the original 30. I mean, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that service time, if you, even if the guy misses six to 10 games, I, I think what the formula looked like to me that it would be okay to get somebody in there. I'm thinking like, you know, of course everybody wants to see him, but when I see these zero chance, I'm thinking that Fennec talked to somebody and they just told him, no, we're not, we're not doing that. It's going to be a taxi squad thing, which I understand with Riley Green and a little bit with Torkelson, but, you know, seeing him up here for a series, get him some at, uh, at bats, you know, that would be something in a 60 game season. If I was making a top 10 things I wanted to see from the Tigers this year, that would make the top 10. Yeah, I would defer to uh, Anthony on his reporting on that because I don't know enough about Major League Baseball collective bargaining agreements to know how service time affects everything. Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm Noah's backup on the Tigers beat, so I'm certainly not diving into the CBA to uh, <laughs> to figure that all out. Um, but uh, you know, I would defer to Anthony on that. Um, but there's no minor league baseball this year, right? No. So. You know, that might, uh, depending on the service time situation and the triggers in the contract or however that all shakes out, uh, you know, you might get your wish. Yeah, there was, a, there was, there was, uh, Jeff Passett put something out there. There was a formula that I was looking in and I couldn't quite figure it out myself. And then when I heard you say you were going down there and, you know, say, hey, Guardy, is, is there a chance that, you know, that Torkelson could play a Comerica in, in a major league, you know, game. I mean, uh, a little bit of a chance. <laughs> you so, trying to set me up for a dumb question? No, I don't think I, I, what, <laughs> I just kidding. I just kidding. I think he'll say, we'll see. We've got him up here. So there's a chance. We don't know how it's going to play. I mean, he'll be, uh, you know, he doesn't have to commit to anything. And, and plus, you know, he, uh, they, they don't want to bring him up immediately. They want to, 
there's a certain amount they do want to slide it out there where it's not going to count. So I'm sure they'll be very that I I I think that Garden Hire knows that question's coming. He'll be very guarded with it. But it just uh, it it surprised me that I saw zero chance. Like if he would have said there's a very little chance. Look at the look at the last ten position players that were uh, picked in the first round over the last ten years. That, that came out of college and look at how they performed. I did that last year, looked at the first rounders, the position players. You know, there wasn't a lot of success that uh, that those guys had, uh, you know, at the major league level. So I, I get that, but, you know, they're also talking about, you know, sometimes you get that rare guy, a, a rare bat, and, and a, you know, the last 20 years. I mean, you heard some of that stuff. Uh, I don't yeah, think yeah, all no of that stuff was just thrown around. So, you know, maybe uh, – We'll see where you get with that. If you don't ask Gardy, maybe you can uh, throw a question to somebody else somewhere or something like that. Yeah, no, I'm just messing with you. I bet. And you also sound like a guy who's trying to hear the right thing from a, uh, a female. Like, so you say there's, so you say there's a chance. <laughs> that's, that's all I want. I, I, you know, just leave a little crack there. I don't, a 0% chance. Well, you know what? You know, the other thing, I don't know if this is the big news or not, but there's, you know, the, the bubble that they're trying to get going in Orlando for the NBA for those last eight games, you know, see Zion and then get everybody ready for the playoffs. We'll see if that's going to happen or not. But then the the steam that's picking up for the, the second bubble. And, Larry, what it reminds me of is that you're old enough to remember the Gus Macker trophy or the Gus Macker tournaments. Oh, yeah. You'd get that toilet bowl trophy once in a while and, you know, it wasn't as nice as the Gus Macker trophy. But, you know, hey, you won the toilet bowl, you won the toilet bowl. That's what this – has the feel of, but I, I, you know, I know they're doing it to make up money. And, and plus guys like to play basketball. I get that, but man, with the Pistons spot here, I can't imagine that there's going to be many fans that are looking for the Pistons to put together some kind of a winning streak to close out the season and, and go from, from five to 10. Although you could make the case that they could go from, you know, five to two. And I know the lottery hasn't been kind to, other Detroit sports uh, teams here, like the Red Wings. But, yeah, that whole little bubble, I'm just hoping that that kind of goes away. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. I mean, I don't think anyone really knows what's the right or the wrong approach to this. Um, it's not real sexy to say, but, you know, I don't think uh, the grades can really come out on this for another year or two. Um, and, you know... I just I have a hard time uh, seeing the future right now because it seems like day to day so much changes. Yeah, like the name of the Indians, the name of the Redskins, which I'm going to talk about coming up. So it's it's uh, it is a time. Have they, of, have they made the change or they're evaluating? Well, there they, been an announcement? the announcement is the same uh, that it was this weekend. I don't have the the terms with both of them in front of me, or the but they are they're um, evaluating it taking yeah. a look at it uh both of them are but it, it feels like that terry francona said today that he would be in favor of changing it i saw a uh, a cleveland spider with a little spider web on the sea that they had right now and you know what uh for me like uh i remember when i went to eastern right when i was at the eastern echo for the last year it was a transition from the hurons to the eagles and a lot of the mid-american conference schools you know the uh, the Redskins, they went to the Red Hawks, and, you know, there was a lot of that. The 
Notre Dame or the uh, North Dakota Fighting Sioux. I mean, all of the the colleges. The, were... the, the chip the Chippewas are hanging on. The yeah. Chippewa tribe, I think, is uh, has signed off on that. I think. Well, you know, that's the one part. You know, like Dan Snyder, the the owner of the Skins, he used to always pull the this poll out that ninety percent of his fans, and then you would see different anecdotal evidence, like leaders of certain tribes. You know, I would see a column from, you know, some columnist that say, you know, this columnist says, no, it, uh, it is offensive. They don't want to be a symbol of a uh, of a team. It is disrespectful. A mascot. Yeah, a mascot. And then the other one would say, no, we don't have any problem with it. And and then you'd find out, like, uh, maybe they were getting some funds, which is, you know, fine here. But I, it's one of those things, like, how many native americans are there and what do they really think like i i don't know like if well i mean i think it's an overlooked underserved uh population without a doubt uh, but you know it would be good to know what they think but you know like any ethnicity or race you know you ask 100 people you might get 100 responses like all indians aren't going to feel the same way or native americans are going to feel the same way about that just like all white people don't feel the same way about black lives matter. Just like maybe all black people don't feel the same way about the racial injustice and the problems in our country. I mean, you just, you can't paint that broad of a brush um, and say all men or all women, uh, you know, it's dangerous when you do that. You know, and I think with the, with the Cleveland Indians, uh, the one thing I think is tough to, to support and maybe they've gotten rid of this logo, but you know, the, the cartoonish, uh, Indian face that they used to use Wahoo or whatever. I mean, that's come on. That's, uh, that's, that's too much. I think, um, you know, somebody might say you're being politically correct. And I think, you know, we need to be more politically correct if you think that's politically correct. Well, to me, I'm up to listening what people have to say. I mean, like, uh, and I don't, I think it's a fallacy when people say, well, we're going to change everything. Well, maybe who knows what we're going to change, but it's a time of change right now. Let's take it one at a time and let's talk about it. And we're not talking about changing everything all at once, even though it might seem like that. But let's what's there's I think there's points on both sides. The people that are, you know, like, what are we going to do? Take the street names. We're going to you know rename the rivers or we're going to rename the counties. And like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going to go on there. But, you know, this particular situation here, whether it's the Braves, whether it's the Indians, it's like, um, you know, like we are looking at it and. Like the the Native Americans were just essentially wiped off the the earth. They have the you know their they have their reservations. The only thing I don't know much about reservations. I know there's a, a high a high degree of alcoholism on them. That's what I know about reservations. And uh, I know Native Americans. I think that if you're a Native American, you get free college tuition. I think that I think there's some kind of deal where if you're a part of Native Americans, it's something with casino licenses. I don't even know what that is, but I mean, there's so there's there's a lot of things that I don't know, and and you know, I'm open to to, to hear about it, read about it, and, and see what people have to say about it. I'm not automatically saying no, this is a PC, and how far is this going to go? No, I want to listen to what people have to say about it. No, I agree, and I think we as a country need to have more of what I would call courageous conversations, uh, talking about topics that, you know, maybe aren't so comfortable. We need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, um, and, and be better, um, individually and collectively. Yeah. We got to listen to the other side's point and then see if there's uh, some kind of ground here that we can meet instead of digging in and, 
it seems uh, like it's one of the issues. So, but empathy, empathy. I think if everyone could have more empathy, not sympathy, empathy. Put yourself in someone else's shoes as best you can, and think about a situation from their perspective. I think that would be a great goal for for everyone, me included. Me too, Larry. Well, hey, uh, I appreciate your time today covering the uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic and then, you know, enjoy your time down at Coverica or, or talking with Ron Gardenhire on a Zoom, all of that. And we'll look for those stories you're filling in there. And and who knows? We're just hoping for the best this summer as we just, uh, you know, take it a week and a day by uh, day, by day, week by week here and, and see what happens. So appreciate your time. Drive safe and uh, thanks for coming on. Anytime, brother. Take care. See ya. Bye. There he is. Larry Leach from the Associated Press. And, you know, I know that he was in his car because he told me, but man, the hookup that he's got there with whatever he was, it sounded good. Sounded good going through the board here and everything. Well, that's going to do it for this week, the holiday weekend, the July 4th weekend. Hope all of you enjoyed your time. If you got a day off there on, uh, what, Friday? And this extended weekend, it was a hot one. Woo! Hopefully now in some water, that kind of thing. Uh, but now we're, we're moving ahead, moving ahead to what? Uh, July 6th, Monday. So here we are. A lot of people get this podcast on a Monday. If you are a subscriber, you get it on a Sunday night. And you get them on what? Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. If you're a subscriber, if uh, you're waiting for it, just listening to it, I'd l- I'm glad you're listening. But you just know that if you do hit that subscribe button, you can get them as I, I transfer them. So there you go. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Larry Lage. And uh, I'll talk with you again soon. See ya.